You know, sometimes I wonder, you know, why you're so interested in monsters and magic. What do you think that is, Mark? I always have been. I can't explain it. It's the way I am. Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to this episode. On this one, we've got a bumper-packed episode for you guys. We've got a review of the Beach House. We've got a special guest. We've got a very special something to scream about. And we will be reviewing nothing other than the burning. Yeah. Who we got here then? Wow. All the way from his little cave in Ireland. Diddly dee, diddly do. Top of the morning to you. It's only Paul. Geordie Paul. Hello there. <laughs> Hello, he gents. Is, he is literally in a cave. Um, in yeah. a cave in the middle of Ireland. He's gone to the lighthouse to see uh, Robert Patterson and William Defoe spend his time there with the, with the mermaids. And yeah, there's no one there, just a load of seagulls. <laughs> he's whittled himself a little mermaid out of wood as well just in case he gets lonely that's it <laughs> all right boys how we doing yeah good not bad cool yeah bad. All good. thanks for having me on it's all right it's been it's bloody hot today we're dying it's like literally the end of the world you know that's the end of the world isn't it the sun's like gonna kill us all no. <laughs> um i've been on holiday for a week so you know, chasing waterfalls. Lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely. Have you guys um, been watching any uh, anything decent over the last couple of weeks? Well, I've been catching up on horrors I should have watched a long time ago. So I managed to watch Midsummer finally since the last time I was on. Cool. And what do you think? Loved it. Thought it was fantastic. Fantastic. Just a just a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, yeah, Correct. Very unsettling. Very. <laughs> Urban, but brilliant and then i also called hereditary finally oh what did you think of that then that was your first watch i didn't think it obviously it wasn't as good as um Woo-hoo! and I, I just thought it was trying to be a bit too clever and it just wasn't there was a couple of decent bits in it um like the decapitation bit was came out of left field which sort of i, w- I was quite glad though because that girl freaks me out with her head on so um yeah, yeah, just, just that just disturbs me. But um, yeah, other than that, I just thought it was a bit meh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> then I finally I watched. My wife had never seen it before, so and we watched The Lost Boys the other day. Ooh. She'd what? never seen it, so she loved it. She, she absolutely loved it. So. Oh, good. Right. So yeah, that's a, that's about it. Apart from the films that I am. Uh, excuse me, you forgot about one thing that you texted me about that you were pooping your pants about. Oh, yes. Oh, well, that's, yeah. I um, I mean, it's a bit old now, but I, I finally downloaded it because it was cheap on Xbox and um, I started playing Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. What, what's that like? It is, it's phenomenal, but I can't play it. 
because it just scares the shit out of us. Because <laughs> you've, you've got to run around and hide, haven't you, from the alien? Yeah. So you're like you Ripley's daughter, who is working for Will and Utani, and um, obviously you, you, I, I haven't really got much into the story yet because I keep getting killed. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the premise is you go. There's uh, they found the flight recorder with the Nostromo, this base. So you fly out to go and get it, and then basically all hell's broke loose on the on the station. And um, there's one alien. Is that and on the Xbox as well? Just the Xbox? Xbox One. No, not on the PlayStation then. It's PlayStation 4 as well, yeah, I think. Is it? Oh, okay, I might make a yeah. purchase then. Honestly, Paul, it's, it is. The, and the thing is, the alien just... it's not You know, like normal games, you run around, you get to a boss fight, and then you know what's coming. The alien's just in the station, so randomly you can just appear. And when it appears, you can't fight it. You've just got to run away and hide. And then you like you hide in these little crates and look through it as it's searching for you. It, it scares the shit out of you. Oh, it's just wow. a fear, fear of constant dread, but it's very good. It's definitely worth. But I was like, yeah, had to turn it off. Just me nerves were shredded. So. <laughs> what about you, Matthew? I haven't really watched anything apart from the films that we reviewed. I've been I've been quite busy, um, sorting out my man cave and shit. So. Fair play. I had a visit to IKEA. That was a uh, fun. No yeah. Horror Any zombies? Nothing. It was when I found out that the canteen wasn't open. Uh, I was hoping <laughs> to get some meatballs, but yeah. But yeah, no, no. What about so, okay. stuff? Well, I've only watched one new horror movie. Well, it's not new. Yeah. Um, 2017, I think it is. I watched, uh, actually, it's, lo- it's longer than that. Anyway, it's called Patient Zero, and it's on Amazon. It stars Matt Smith, Doctor Who himself. Natalie Dormer, and who plays Sam in Game of Thrones? Oh, I can't remember his name, but yeah, I know who you're on about. John something. Yeah, okay, well, he's in it as well, and it's, it's, oh, and Stanley Tucci pops up, and it's sort of like, it's sort of like Dare the Dead-ish, you know, it's that sort of era of the zombies, but um, doing experiments on them and stuff, it's bit random matt smith puts on a fucking shit southern southern accent southern american accent but then everyone else is british it's weird <laughs> so i don't know not not one i'd uh, rush out to watch but it's on amazon if anyone fancies a another shit zombie movie with stanley tushy <laughs> um but yeah that's it from uh catch up i want to get i want to get to some news there's some exciting shit that's happened in the last couple of weeks should we get to it shoot right I'm going to go run through my little bits and then we'll get to some exciting news. Right. October Arrow releases. All right. I know, yeah. that they're, but they have got the last Starfighter. I no, they haven't. Because it's no, they haven't. US. It's a US Canada. Oh, I didn't read that. Okay. Sorry, Matthew. That was, uh, don't, oh, well. don't. We're, we're brushing over that one then. Next. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not overly really keen on what they've released for october because normally their october releases are like bang on because around you know halloween and stuff they're just not great i mean but you know yeah okay fair enough all right well this was exciting i watched a trailer um new trailer kevin smith has done a new horror so you know he bought us red state tusk yoga hoses amazing movies um this one is a horror anthology film called kilroy was here 
Have you mm. seen the trailer? Yeah, I sent it to you via text. <laughs> he, also, he also sent it to me. <laughs> and I was disappointed. I, I was disappointed that Kilroy wasn't in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they, know, I don't think they know who Kilroy is. But this is but this is weird little thing with a nose over there. Like the thing the nose that hangs over the brick, isn't it? For that graffiti. It's weird. It looks weird. Um he's got all his mates in it. So, you know, Ralph Garman pops up. I heard them talking about this on um, Hollywood Babylon about two years ago. They mentioned this. So it's been a long, long uh, process to get this one made. Came out of nowhere as well. I didn't even, like, expect it, this to happen. It's been in production for ages. Like, I remember them talking about Ralph Garman's role as a pedo vicar or something like that. So, <laughs> one to watch. All of lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be out. I don't know when. That's in uh, post-production at the moment. So we'll see when that gets released um do you want to talk about anything before we get on to the main news yeah uh, the only the only bit i had because this is the only real bit i had i read an article today and apparently against all odds uh deep blue sea 3 apparently is supposed to be quite a decent film <laughs> you know, okay right? Apparently it's supposed to. I didn't know there was a Deep Blue Sea two. So well, exactly, mate, exactly. So apparently it's better than two. Um, which the only way they could make this better is that Deep Blue Sea three comes on, right? And Samuel L. Jackson's still alive. <laughs> no, apparently it's so. Apparently it's supposed to be a decent shark movie. So. There you go. Might want to check that one out. But apparently, I did read that you don't actually have to watch Deep. It follows on from Deep Blue Sea Two, but apparently, they cover most of the plot of Deep Sea Deep Blue Sea Two in the first five minutes of Deep Blue Sea Three. So apparently, you just don't need to do it. So fantastic. But there you go. <laughs> I will try and track that one down. I do not have shares, or I'm not affiliated with anyone in the making of Deep Blue Sea. I just read an article. So okay. What about you, Matt? Um, I've just got a couple of bits. Um, one is uh, Rob Zombie's releasing the Firefly, Fly, ugh, the Firefly trilogy. So obviously it's going to have House of a Thousand Corpses in it, Devil's Rejects, Free From How. In America, that's coming out in September the 8th, and it's going to be a still book as well, apparently. Ooh. Whether that comes out here, I don't know. We shall see. Um, the other big, quite a big bit, of news has just been announced literally tonight. Um, it looks like Courtney Cox is coming back to screen. So that means we've got. We who else do we have? We we did. They did have someone on board, didn't they? We we and talked. Neil Campbell was in talks. Yeah, but didn't David Arquette like jump? Isn't David Arquette jump on board? Apparently, well, yeah. So that's two. Uh, of them, that's two of them on board so far. So we're waiting to hear back from maybe Jamie Kennedy. Will pop up in like some kind of video text or something like that probably yeah but yeah that's good good we'd like to see that so screen five you know kill the main characters off in the first two minutes and then move on with the rest probably i reckon they should have i've always said they should have david arquette as the killer (laughs) he'd be a bit notable well you couldn't miss him though he'd be limping everywhere yeah but it's all a ruse usual suspects ever since the first one there you go well, he definitely got knifed in the back. We definitely saw that. Yeah, well, he just took one for the team. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anything else? No, um, uh, not really. No, you, what you got? 
Well, they've just announced the uh, Fright Fest lineup for August Bank Holiday. So we 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 did let everyone know that, that Fright Fest is being cancelled this year or moved currently to October. But they are doing a digital um, festival over the weekend, over the Bank Holiday weekend of August. And they just announced the Fright Fest lineup. Fortunately, it's only well. Unfortunately, it's only open to UK. So anyone in from the outside the UK won't be able to view it or get a UK port. and Ireland. UK and Ireland. Yeah, there you go, Paul. You're available. <laughs> Um, but they've, ju- they've just announced the lineup. We are going to cover this on our next um, episode. So we're going to go through the, the lineup in detail in next episodes. Um, something to scream about, aren't we, Matthew? Yes, we are. But there's only one movie you need to say that they're showing. <laughs> Sky Sharks. The two, you know, me and Matt. Starring are you potentially <laughs> in this movie. We, pro- we filmed. We better it. be in this movie. <laughs> we will. <laughs> I mean, Matt is going to str- struggle through this movie as it is. I'm not. I'm going to love it. <laughs> it looks very Iron Sky, um, which Iron I love. Sky. I loved yeah. Iron Sky. Iron Sky was awesome. So for Matt to struggle through this movie and for us not to have our little moment in the sun, be very disappointing. But we'll see. <laughs> it's a difference between a one and a ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there are a couple of good treats, good food documentaries. Um, and there is a really, really exciting one to watch that's uh, some good ones. I've checked a couple of the trailers out so far. So we will go through that in more detail in the next episode. Yeah, Matt? Yes, we will. All right. If that's we're done with the news, let's get on to our really, really exciting movie from Shudder. The Beach House. When you see someone change in front of you, and you know there's no going back, it scares me to death. Okay, so this one we went to Shudder for. Heard a lot of good stuff about this. Little synopsis for you. So a romantic getaway for two troubled college, college sweethearts turns into a struggle for survival when unexpected guests and the surrounding environment exhibit signs of a mysterious infection where should we kick off with this one then guys well i think this is my um i uh um i mean i read a lot of buzz around the internet on this one before so did i yeah same it reminds me a little bit of annihilation in terms of the buzz and then watching it and being a little bit i'm not gonna say it fell i'm not gonna say it fell completely flat because i wasn't on my phone i watched it all and i kind of like got what they were going for i mean this movie um stars liana liberto as emily noah lagrosse as randall and jake weber as Mitch. you know jake weber was in um zach schneider's dawn of the dead Mm -hmm, that was good this is uh directed and written by first timer jeffrey brown who is like a location manager which explains some of the good things from this movie um we're talking two kids going to a beach house they want to get a little bit they want to get away from it all and then they get there's some two people already there they have take a they take a couple of you know a hash hash brownies or whatever they're called i don't know what their medical marijuana bits get a bit high and shit starts happening and it's like post-apocalyptic scenes around a uh, a very picturesque beach house 
it wasn't the best movie that I've seen, but it wasn't the worst. <laughs> Reminded me a little bit of the mist, maybe the fog. Um, it's a it's a film about like an apocalyptic de-evolution, if you like. That's what I took away from it. Quite maybe a little bit too smart for its own good. Colin, what, what do you think? Over to you. Yeah, definitely. It's trying to be a bit. I think it tries to be smart. I don't think it's smart at all. Uh, honestly, I'm going to be pretty brutal about this film. So apologies if anyone who made it listens, but. I just thought it was bland. And do you know what? It's not even the premise of it. I just thought it set it up. And it didn't really... So like the synopsis, Troubled Teens. Why were they troubled? Because he dropped out of school. I didn't really get their sort of backstory. And then... she, she, From all intents and purposes, they look like they're going through... Like they had a little bit of a a tiff or they're going for a little bit of life they're st- you know they're yeah. like you, but then uh, troubles is a bit yeah and i just thought like i, I just thought i i, I thought it was going to be a, a a much better film than it was like when they you know they realized there's someone else in the house and i thought oh is this a you know is, is this really going to be like is it either going to be home invasion or is it going to be something a bit more sort of sinister and then obviously oh no we're just all family friends don't worry about it and then it's like yeah i remember you when you were a kid and it's like all right well we'll just all stay here together and we'll just crack on you wouldn't be doing that would you be like no we're just gonna we're gonna leave you to it yeah um, and then what really got us do you know the the monologue she does about obviously trying to explain the plot of the film whereby <laughs> The whole, you know, the sea is regurgitated some microbes that or some sort of life form that is now going to destroy the planet. And she's a microbiologist, which, to be fair, she admits, but then it, she doesn't use it to any effect at all. Do you remember we watched Underwater? It reminded me a little bit of the plot, you know, similar plot. Like, the, you know, we had a, um, a girl scientist and it was like around sort of science ish that's sort of what they tried to do here they Apart tried to explain, from underwater was fucking brilliant yeah but they tried and this to, wasn't it was fucking well, dull as dishwasher well for a, but for a scientist right who's in, in in like really interested in where organisms come from and and life like how it starts and all that when she sees that really weird slug thing on the step and then just sort of brushes it off to say oh well i don't really care yeah. about I'm going to talk to my boyfriend who dropped out of school. Not like, and the passion which she talks about it to the woman. It's a bit like, are you really a scientist? Or are you just saying this because you've got her in the script? Do you know what I mean? It was just... There was a disconnect between her her role as a microbiologist and what she was interested in, like, in the sort of work she was going into. And then her attitudes to the surroundings weren't the same. Like, when even when, like, the probably the the the, the, the standout scene was when she kind of stepped on a man of war. Yeah. And it like something embedded itself in her foot. I don't know. Yeah. She just it was just like a little bit she was a little bit squeamish, I thought. Not what I what I imagined. She wasn't very scientific in her approach. <laughs> yeah, and then it just didn't it just I don't know what was happening to them because at first I thought it was then gonna be invasion of the body snatchers where this organi- organism would clone them or would take over them and they'd become I don't know what they became. <laughs> well, from what I understood, Matt was like, like I understood, like they were, 
whatever was happening, where it's whatever come through, which wasn't really fully explained, uh, it just happened. But maybe it was just like a bit like the happening, <laughs> a bit of a Mark Wahlberg, Matt. Another um, terrible film. But it's like it's like the end, the end of the world. But they were de de um they were like evo- like de evolving. So when you saw like a the creature, it was sort of like this weird. Because she explained it, didn't she? And that, like you said, that really crap monologue where it's like we once started off as these weird carbon-based life forms, and it's sort of like that seemed to be where it went. But it was yeah. just was a bit meh. Well, Matt, I, what you got to say about it? Sorry, mate, I've fallen asleep. Um, <laughs> as I did pretty much nearly in this movie, I, you know me, I try and find good things out of movies. Um, I read a lot of hype for this. I was really excited to watch this movie. And I'm not, again, I don't know what it is for me about H.P. Lovecraft kind of style movies where it's all to do with kind of biology and the earth and strange things that happen for no reason. I don't know why, but I just can't get on board with it. And this to me felt like a lot of their budget went on really pretty kind of interesting looking things and then it kind of just spiraled out of control a little bit and then the last kind of 40 minutes is a lot of mist and kind of boring kind of stuff that happens and but the one thing I'll try and be one positive about one thing I really really did like the scene where she was pulling the, the kind of worm type thing out of her foot. I thought that that was really gross and it, it looked brilliant. The effects were good and stuff, but I just can't get on board with movies like this. It's just, it was just too slow going for me. Uh, I was expecting a bit more meat on the bones with this. Um, and yeah, it, maybe it's trying to be intelligent for intelligence sake and it just doesn't put it off for me. It just, I just, yeah. I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. I just couldn't. We watched um, like Color Out of Space yeah. earlier on in the year. Another sort of H.P. Lovecraft sort of movie. There's obviously something going on, a bit of reprival, I suppose, in that. Oh, yeah, massively. You know, we've just, we didn't talk about it in the news, actually, but we did have a trailer drop for um, Lovecraft Country, mm. a series that's coming on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, and that looks interesting. You mm. know, the way it's set, the way it's shot, the Cthulhu looking thing looks really interesting. But this this one just kind of missed a beat. I thought it had some interesting music choices, um, good production, suffered from poor dialect. It was a great location and a great set, but not done much with it. Like he's a location manager. He's obviously found a set. I think he's found, you know, when he's out and out and about looking for stuff, he's found this great set and he wants to set a movie around it. That's what I think's happened personally just on the location when you're talking about that um it looks like i mean i know it's a long time ago but it looks like it shot the same location that the mutilator the mutilator the mutilator mutilator sorry was shot that beach house it looks exactly the same kind of location yeah the only just difference outside was, of new york yeah they didn't have those steps though coming down into the beach i thought uh, no i didn't see those place. steps but the type of house that it yeah was, yeah yeah they're exactly like, like the same place but we I didn't just, get I, a cool, I just thought that when i was watching it That's we all. didn't get a hook in the puss so mate the hook in the puss would have given me give it an extra three breaths out of ten for me 
it's not my t- it's not my type of scare. It's, 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 it's has some eerie moments, but it's not. I don't know. I know a lot of people liked Annihilation, but I wasn't really that much of a fan. There were some really standout moments in Annihilation, but as a film, I didn't like it as a whole. I, I agree, Paul. I didn't like Annihilation either, and I just thought it was like, and even the even the I don't want to get too pedantic about stuff, but like she used a phone at the start, right? It's the generation that would use their phone for everything. And there was no, like, yeah, the phone line was down in the house they visited, right? But at not one point did they grab a mobile phone mm-hmm. when shit started happening. And even to say there's no signal, oh, no, what we're going to do. And then driving the car, I know it's foggy, but don't drive at 100 mile an hour, you silly bint. <laughs> and I was just, I was, I, was, I was starting to pick flaws in it like that. That's, I suppose, that's why how it was annoying me. Well, can the we, ending was yeah. Pretty, can we talk about the ending, please? The ending was pretty. I mean, what did you, I, I, what happened? Like, what she she lies there with white eyes and goes back into the water as she's supposed to. I mean, it was just kind of like. Well, I, the, the problem that I saw with it is that I didn't as well. I another big thing for me. I didn't connect with any of the characters at all. I didn't feel sorry for her boyfriend because he's a bit of a twat. I didn't really feel for her. Because it was just like I just don't think there was enough enough character based around them. And then when it came to the ending, I just didn't care about neither character really that much. And 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 I just and I just thought you've just been all through that to to just end it like that. It just and it was just, I just thought ah. Oh. I thought that I thought there's one worth there's one shot that's worth talking about. And I thought you know from an artsy perspective. Um, yeah, when he when uh, Mitch walks into the ocean, I thought that was clever. The white shot, yeah, yeah, what nice wide shot, and it was yeah, just yeah. like you know, didn't no, really, yeah, no, and he did, disappeared. Good. It was quite quick. That was quite eerie, quite creepy. The fog though, and the rest of it, meh. <laughs> How did she get back to the beach in the end? Oh well, I don't even know where she was, mate. She crashed into a tree next to a lake, I thought. Yeah, and then she just lay at their coffin, and at which point the rest of the characters all got white eyes and then puked up and couldn't do anything. And then she's managed to get herself right back to the beach, lie in the sand, and then the tide takes her out. I was a bit like... Maybe there's like a bigger, deeper meaning in it. Like she wanted to get there for the sea to take her away, and it's where she really wanted to be in in her life. Well, I got that in with the sea. The things are in the sea, aren't they? That's what that, that's yeah. the microbes or whatever that spewed out of the earth are in the sea. So whether or not they're like sort of like to attack like piranhas and like Paul said, disintegrate you really quickly, and that's why the guy walked in the sea and never came back. Mm, maybe. maybe, yeah, maybe like the day that they stood still or something like that. But yeah. well, maybe, maybe the guy who walked in the sea was actually Cthulhu in disguise. <laughs> maybe he was the man of war that dropped you know that was weird i don't know right next let's move on <laughs> you know we're getting we're getting through these movies we're not having a good year we well that's been interesting it's been an interesting year but shudders going ups and downs it's going to be interesting to see which way you guys um rate this movie so i think i'll hand over to mr positive paul first um, well, this is. I'm going to give this a three breaths out of ten. Oh, and brutal. do you know what? It was going to get a two breaths out of ten until I read something online a couple of days ago 
right? Whereby scientists have actually found uh, bacteria on the seabed that are 100 million years old and they've actually reactivated them. So they've got like an extremely slow metabolism and then they actually reactivated the microbes. So again, an extra point for being something that potentially could happen, but that's the only reason. So three out of ten. Fair play. Matt? That's my face of disappointment. I, um, I thought that I'd pause then. <laughs> no, no um, I've got to say I'd probably give this a uh, four breaths out of ten. Uh, simply one more breath than Paul because I really liked the, the foot scene where she was pulling the worm out of her foot. And I do agree with you, Paul. I like that that wide shot of him going to see just disappearing because you just knew it was going to happen, but it just looks really cool. So that, but that's all I can bring out of that positive wise. Um, yeah. Yeah, below like average. Said. Below average for me. It's a bit of a four um, out of ten. Poor delivery on um, uh, on a really ropey concept, to be honest. <laughs> but mm-hmm. there were some tonally good, interesting shots and some good little bits of gore. Musically, it was okay. So yeah, that's my uh, two pence. If you like it. Next one, however, we're still not going back at the cinema, so we've got to do another Shudder movie. And I've heard really good things about this one. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, watching a movie that is only 56 minutes long. Is that right? I think it's. I think that's right. Yeah, so on next episode, we're, we're going to get this really weird hyped movie called Host, which is on Shudder which is a Shudder original, and it's about six friends hire a medium to hold a scene via Zoom. So it's been filmed during lockdown. Ooh, meta. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Nice one. Apparently it's really creepy. Apparently it's been scaring people like Paranormal Activity. Yeah, they always say that. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, apparently it's the scariest movie of 2020, like Veronica. All over again. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to this one. Brilliant. Been taking advantage. That is next episode. We will be watching Host on Shudder. Get your Shudder pass. Because there's nothing at the bloody cinema. Unless we want to go and watch Russell Crowe unhinged. Or or Harry Potter, the first one. Or the Back to the Future trilogy. (laughs) So, shall we move on? to the something to scream about. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? So you, Matt. Just something to scream about. I thought I'd turn the tables a little bit. So we are going to have a poor versus poor quiz. Okay. You got upset with the beating you took last time, Matt, and now you're doing it. Me, me versus Paul. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> so what I've got, I've got a set A set of questions and a set B set of questions. They are all obviously about horror movies. Um, They're not mega hard, so don't worry, guys. So I'm going to ask one of you 
Heads or tails? You go, Paul. Okay, I'll go for tails. Tails never fails. I was thinking about Sonic the Hedgehog, but it's fine. It's heads. So, Paul Stevens in Ireland, you get to, to get to go first or second. It's down to you. I'll go first. Oh, <laughs> in that case. Put the pressure on. Would you like set A questions or set B? think uh, I'll, I'll pick B for bring it on, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's all right. I wanted A for all right, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to I was going to say if uh, I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> OK, so there's no clock counting down, but I will hurry you up if you're taking too long to think of the answer. You can pass and come back to it if you want. Mm, no, can you pass? Mm. No, there's no time limit, so... It's your quiz. <laughs> we're just going to ask. There is 10 questions in total. And Paul Butcher, please do not butt in with any answers or anything like that. Keep your mouth shut. I'll do my <laughs> And if best. for some reason there is a draw, there will be a tiebreaker question. Okay, so, cool. So, Paul Stevens, all the way in the, the, the cave in Ireland, are you ready? I am. We will start. We will begin the lethal quizzle. Number one. What movie is this quote from? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Nightmare on Elm Street? Ding, 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 ding. Correct. Number two. In the movie Seven, what is in the box? Spoilers for all the people that haven't seen Seven, are there? Brad Pitt's wife's head. Ding, 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 ding. I would also accepted Gwyneth Paltrow's head. <laughs> Number three. Name Norman Reedus' character in The Walking Dead. Daryl Dixon. Correct. Number four. What is the name of Ripley's cat in Alien? Jonesy. Correct. These are too easy. In what movie is the character Billy Poutzer from? Lost Boys? That is wrong. Would you like me to tell you the actual correct answer? Can I? Go on then. It's a fucking child's play. Stop Googling. Scream. (laughs) Incorrect. I would have taken the answer Gremlins or Gremlins. Oh, fucking not bad, cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the quiz. Number six. What breed of dog is Cujo? St. Bernard. Correct. Number seven. What Carpenter movie has the characters Childs, Clark, Dr. Blair and McCready? The Thing. Correct. (laughs) Number eight. The bad guy in Don't Breathe might be blind and old, but he's hiding a big secret in the basement. What is it? A pregnant woman. Correct, and I would have taken a kidnapped woman as well. Would you have taken a turkey baster? <laughs> would you I have taken a turkey baster? Indeed <laughs> not. Number nine. <laughs> what is the name of the infamous fishing boat used in the climax shark hunt at the end of Jaws? The Orca. 
Correct. If you didn't get that, I would have smashed you in the face. Yeah, I would have smashed myself in the face. <laughs> Number 10. What is the name of Jason Voorhees' mother? Pamela. Correct. Oh, wow. well, that is the end of your round, Mr. Nine out of 10. Stevens. You did indeed get 9 out of 10. Smashed it. So, 9 out of 10 to beat Mr. Paul Butcher. How did you think you would have got on with that? I don't know. Like too eight. easy or too hard? I'd have got ten. Yeah, I thought I didn't want to make them too hard. Anyway, no, I wouldn't. I would have got. I would have got. I, I don't know. I, I I think I would have blanked. It's too much pressure. Let's go over to Paul Butcher in a bungalow. Ready for set A questions? Are you ready? Yeah, I was born ready. Number one. How many killers are there at the end of Scream? Two. Correct. What movie has a tagline? They're here. That would be Poltergeist, as spoken by Carrie Ann. Ooh, no bonus points. <laughs> Number three. What yeah. is the name of the small fictional town in the movie Halloween? Haddonfield. Correct. Number four. Name the actor who has the unforgettable quote, Thrill me! Um, it would be... I'm going to have to rush Mr. you. Tom Akins. I'll give you that. It's Tom Atkins, yes. <laughs> or I would have taken Detective Ray Cameron. I know that's not the actor, but that is his character. But I would have taken... <laughs> Number five. What Stephen King book and movie has the characters Billy, Rose, Dan and Abra? Um, Dr. Sleep that we watched last year. Correct. Number six. Name the movie with the character Killer that is named Doomhead. Oh, crap. We watched that at the um, Fright Fest. Um, uh, 31? Correct. Oh, I thought you were going to lose out on that one there. Number seven. What is the name? of the mysterious hypnotic location that Chris finds himself during Get Out? Um, I'd like to I, repeat I, the question? No, it's... it's I, think, I, I think it's called The Deep Down. Is that your final answer? Yeah, i got, I got no idea. Very close. I'm not allowed to give you the point. It's actually The Sunken Place. Oh, okay. Fucking bullshit. Number eight. The Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, Kandorian, Demons and Boomsticks are from what movie franchise? What, Evil Dead? Correct. This is my boomstick. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number nine. Everyone knows the original killer in the Saw series as the Jigsaw. But what is his real name? Oh, um, sorry, Daniel Evans. I don't. What is his name? Cancer Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, don't know. Well, I don't. Paul, I'm going to hand it over to you. Bunch of bullshit. You know who it is? That would be uh, John Kramer. It mm-hmm. is correct. Well, so, you're don't the last don't really like Saw, so. You've watched all the movies. <laughs> I mean, I liked many of them. Anyway, number 10. 
in the classic movie Carrie, what type of blood was used? Pig's blood. Correct. Unfortunately, it, it, Paul it was Butcher. Actually, it was actually corn syrup. No, it's pig's blood. It was, I'm but talking it about was the pig... movie. I'm talking about the movie. In the classic movie, I didn't ask what in the the in the uh, effects department did I? <laughs> so anyway, even if you did get that wrong, all right. Actually, you got eight out of ten. So by one point, Mr. Paul from Ireland, Stevens. Yay. Well done. To be fair to Paul, but you did have the slightly harder questions, I think. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have got I wouldn't have got as many as you, Paul, in that one. So. <laughs> All right, fine, good, well done, Matt. That was a good quiz. What was the tiebreaker? Yeah, I won the tiebreaker anyway. To be honest, I didn't have one. Oh, you. Uh, <laughs> I would have made one up. I would have made one up. Make Actually, one up I, would have, I, w- I would have made one up. I would have said, in uh, in the movie. Um, Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't know. It would have been a John Carpenter movie, probably. Worst quiz master ever. <laughs> no tiebreaker. <laughs> I'm winning it, boys. Come on. It took me long enough to come up with 10, 20 questions. It's good. Thanks for that, I, Matt. I tried to theme it around kind of things that have happened on our podcast as well. I got that. So. We although we haven't, we haven't watched any jig, we haven't watched anything to do with with Saw. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was a disappointing question. But I knew you had. So I kind of did the questions around you and Paul because if you look I've put kind of things that you were both into kind of Stephen King, Jaws yeah true kind of like all that kind of stuff I think I might have do you know what you'd have hated I'm glad I didn't get B B, because I might have flaked on the Jaws one because it didn't immediately come to my head I don't know if I I didn't immediately spring to my mind Mm. so trusting I think I would have like cried and have to walk off the the brilliant stuff I'm sure I would have got it but Paul got it really quickly he got it quicker than my mind went to it so if it was a buzzer round Paul would have won yeah I'm just glad that you you got the Tom Atkins one that's all I would have been disappointed Tom Tom Atkins Tom Tom Atkins (laughs) real me our mate Tom that was good alright mate cheers for that and we got the stuff screen back for next week, sorted. And now I suppose it's time for our movie from the vault. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Listen, you're going back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Burned cried out. I will return. I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch right now. Summer five years ago is about to happen again and again and again. The burning.
Awesome. Thanks, Matt. And this episode's <laughs> move from the ball. I picked, and I picked the 1981 film, The Burning. A former summer camp caretaker, horribly burned from a prank gone wrong, lurks around an upstate New York summer camp, bent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement. Wow. Finally got to watch this bad boy. After many years of wanting to yeah. watch it. So this is the first time for all three? Yeah. Yeah? Yes. How, yes. Was, how was your Arrow version, Matt? Beautiful. Beautiful. Did you take advantage of any of the extras? No, I didn't. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> well, okay. Well, this movie is, I said, is from my birth year, 1981, directed by Tony Malam, makeup, Tom Savini, Christine. That's, a, that's five stars. Yep. Starring a plethora of Miramax um, young upstars. And we're allowed that, to say Miramax anymore. I think we're going to have to. We're going to. We're. I'm definitely going to be delving into the Miramax thing on some of the scenes in this movie. Now we know what we know. Whoo! Obviously, it's created by the the, the wine. You know, Harvey, considering, Harvey considering who brought it. Whoo! This is his own. Wow! It's just this is a very early Weinstein project. It's the first one. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I was back. told by a reliable source, John Alicat Graphics. Oh, thank you, John. Um, it was, uh, yeah, lots of um, faces. That you it? Lots of faces that you recognise. Holly Hunter is in There's there. Also, other stuff in yeah. there. What? Fisher Stevens from Short Circuit Two. Yes. Yeah. Ben. Ben from Short Circuit, man, that's quality. Um, and just like loads, that matey boy from Seinfeld's in it. Yeah, I couldn't believe that was him. I, I had to look twice. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's really like no. Go. He did look pretty good in it. Um, what do we think about this one? How we we draw comparisons between this and and like the likes of obviously this is a summer camp horror slasher that was Mate, like. I fucking loved it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put my fucking my neck on the line. I thought it was brilliant. I don't know what it is with old school summer camp movies. I think it's because I've miss, uh, missed out on obviously being an American and going to summer camp because I fucking would love, I would love summer camp. Um, I just, I, I don't know what it is with me, but I loved, I loved, <laughs> I loved um, obviously Friday the 13th, obviously classic. Uh, and Sleepaway Camp was like one of my favourite films of, of uh, uh, that we reviewed for the podcast that I never saw. But this one is on, on a par. Absolutely, I thought it was brilliant. Um, I'm with you, mate. Bang on. Really enjoyed it. Again, it's like whatever they could use any kind of weapon they wanted, but they put those little little tones of mu- like sinister music, and it, it's just it gets me. It's like it doesn't make me cringe. It just makes me just really enjoy that what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what like, and I thought some of the kills in here were absolutely fantastic and brutal. They remind me again of watching like Friday the Thirteenth, like. The, these are slashes, but not what we're used to now. I think the slashes that we get these days are kind of, I'm going to say word, they're kind of lame. These, This feels like, you know, a dude is actually really viscerally killing people. You know, it's, it's, a, really... class, it's, it's a classic staple mm. slasher, and I see it on all the lists and everything and people talking about it. I just think that it's, um, it's one of those has-to-be-seen uh, films, Paul. What did you think? 
Um, you're, I mean, you're you're obviously you're a fan of horror, but you're yeah. like a hard, hardcore fan of horror, I suppose. Like of the all the genres and everything. So yeah, it's so kind of you're a bit of an outsider, kind of. You know. <laughs> a slasher, you might say. No, um, no, I, I, it was just I don't know. I was I suppose I was obviously watching it for the first time, and it took us a bit of a while to get over the Harvey Weinstein thing. It, it did because the first scene where they're all playing, there's no bras involved in this film at, at all. No bras, no bras. Just hey, it, dude, it's like money on bras. Eighties, man. It was just coming out of the seventies. No I know, bras. I know. I know, 100%, mate. There's I'm a hundred percent mate. Like he wasn't the only one doing this know, ty- those types of shots. Yeah. That's, the, that's the fucked but, up but, thing. But, but my dad, he was the writer. He wasn't the director of the movie. Yeah, they I were know. on set at times, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, I wonder um, what, scene, I wonder what no, scenes as, they were set for. As a man who lo- like loves a lot of Miramax's back catalogue... Uh, so. <laughs> I get it. I just it was just a, so that was the start. I found it weird that the first the first thing he did when he got out of hospital was to find a prostitute mm. and just murder her. <laughs> I think that was absolute genius. Because um, I wrote that down. I'm like, right. So the the sort of notion of this movie is a prank gone wrong, uh, where like what was his name? Um, the creepy sort of caretaker who we don't really get to see the background of. Proxy. Cropsy, um, which is a great name, and it's a prank gone wrong. A good little bit of firework and stuff like that, and he's hideously burnt. Five years, we cut to five years later, so he's obviously been in the hospital for five years, skin graft after skin graft. You know, we don't really get to see him. Wow, has he? Wow, don't think he has. Black French coat. <laughs> they've but... just left him and gone. I've done. Things. I don't think we do anything this one, boys. You just melt together for five years and be fine. But if he's been. It's strange for five years. The first thing, what's the first thing? You know, he's wanted to get laid. Wow. But did he? Not really sure. Did she just like? Did she? Did she say the wrong thing? And she, he just decided to pick up a pair of scissors and stab her. Before you get to that bit, I, I did love the bit in the hospital where the guy was like the orderly guy was like, "You want to see some real fuck up?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was that? This, this is the real shit here, man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a doctor? You want to see this fucking freak? <laughs> it's like fuck it out. And it freeze frame on his scared face. Did, I loved that bit. I, I did like, to be honest, I did like the banter between all the kids and that. Mm, yeah. Thought it's really good, especially the bully. I thought the bully was genius. <laughs> the proper meathead. Um, and the shooting shoot in the ass with a pea shooter. Lazier, yeah. The the just before we get to that bit again, the prostitute bit. Do you not think it was just like it wasn't the fact he wanted to get laid? I was. Do you not think it was the fact that he was testing his abilities to try and kill someone, so he had the balls yeah. to kill someone? Yeah, it, it was a bit but, random. It reminded because it was going through those horrible, weird New York sort of CD, oh, yeah. um, late night sort of yeah, sex shows and stuff like that. And it reminded me a little bit of Basket Case. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I did have bits of that. Yeah, which is around that same time. But yeah, uh, going back, going back to the kids. Um, yeah, the banter pool was was good, but I did write one thing in my notes. Tiger, she has a bell end haircut. <laughs> also, she looks way too young to be smoking. They all look way too young. I mean, there's, I mean, that is one thing. It's just like the cast is like some of them are obviously about thirty-five, and some of them are like twelve. Yeah, there's definitely all a, over the place. 
there's definitely a mix-up of the casting. I thought, are they supposed to be the same age, or is she she actually younger? I didn't really, yeah, that was interesting. The pizza, then, the if, I ever send the my child, if I ever send my child to a camp, I hope they don't get looked after by the, the <laughs> guidance counsellors, because they have to be the worst teachers, counsellors, stroke guardians of children I've ever <laughs> met <laughs> in my life. They always are, though, aren't they? There is like these fucking... <laughs> Well, they're, they're just, I'm going to wear really high shorts and really tight t-shirts. And have loads and then, of uh, double denim with the, the, the buttons undone. It's great. Peeping in the shower. Good old Alfred peeping, peeping in, the in the shower. You know? What the fuck? I do just like this. They are, they are setting you up. There's a lot of setups for, oh, oh, we're going to get killed. Oh, oh they're not. Cause do you think bit... there was one too many setups? No, I think I think no. I quite like that. I think that's a build up of the the build up of it. It's just like you know, and then it's not was was quite cool because there's the kid that goes back and gets his kind of fucking tablets, isn't it? And um, again, that's a bit of a fall. But it's like oh, I, I it was good because I thought oh okay, the classic shower scene. Oh, there we go. The classic fucking kid goes back because he forgets something, and it 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 kind of tricked you a bit. I did think that that it really fucking made me. Cry, like laugh out loud a proper lolling with the fact that he's like this reason for um peeping as it was i I wanted to scare her is that does that make you better yeah he's okay with that reason he was only trying to scare you That's huh? bit, yeah he's only played a prank hang on hang on he's just seen me boobs and me and me 70s bush so come on <laughs> as well as harvey in the background but you know it was a very long, very long shower scene with lots of soap involved, probably too much. But saying that, again, saying about the Weinstein thing, um, I want to ask you a question. If you did not have, if you did not know any of that, do you think you would have had the same view, or do you think our views are com- completely different for these times? I think, yeah, I think to be honest, you're right. It's not. If it was the only film that had done it. And then you look back on it, then it's worse, I suppose. But it is a film of its time. But I just, I, I, subconsciously, it just distracted me. And then it was, you just think, God, was he a then? And... The, the 80s were, and horror was like, a, you know, it was just like really, that was Especially like, to have, have gratuitous sort of nudity was like a big, I mean, Scream poked fun at that. Yeah. Um, big time so it was it was obviously and that was a Miramax movie um so (laughs) there was um it just poked poked but but it was all gratuitous new it's like the time um they just did it it was like the but I wonder what the conversations were at the time it's kind of exploitation exploitation though isn't it because she didn't because so much the nudity guys it was just the shot like the baseball game at the start it was just no one was nude but there was like I said no one invested in a bra not only that, can we just go on to the other part? There was various, this is again a bit weird, there's various moments in the movie where various different men push themselves onto women that yeah. don't want it, which was quite yeah. weird. Um, but you're seeing there, it through a different lens, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> this is the problem. This is like, so as soon as I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I text John saying I'm just about to sit down and watch The Burning. And as soon as the credits come up, I was like, oh, Harvey Weinstein wrote this. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Weinstein's pretty. Oh, my God. Wow. I didn't know that. And then then literally then then it opens with that scene. I'm like, 
I couldn't get that out of my head, and I think yeah. that painted it a bit for me. Um, the the bit was really fucked me up. Was like was the bit with Eddie. Eddie is a proper cunt, and he and it's like that yeah. scene where he's like he gets her all nude. I mean, and then she's kind of reluctant, but she does it. Um, and then it's like they're having a little bit of a snog, and then she's not going to go all the way. So he calls her all the names and tells her to get out. It's like I'm like fucking hell. But he's angry as well, isn't he? You know, it just like. It, it's so meta in terms of life imitating art and art imitating life. It's just fucking nuts. You know, I just think it's looking at it through that lens and looking at it through the fact that he's done all this shit over the years. It's kind of fucked. It fucked. It's fucked up. It yeah. is really fucked up. Mm. But the, um, do you want to talk about the raft scene? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I mean, like, this was the bit that it's the the scene which I actually enjoyed the most because, obviously, in disbelief that the guidance counsellor had sent the kids off on a raft to go get help without no, even one of them thinking, should one of us go? Nah, just send the kids out on a raft to build. Yeah, all right. Um, the weakest then, ones as well, not the strongest ones yeah. that paddle like Glacier. They will paddle like fuck. Yeah. Um, and then obviously going up the boat and I thought well there's going to be I thought there was just a body in there and they were going to realise yeah. and it was just the, just the, the snipping off of the fingers and the yeah that's I suppose this where Savini's effects came in he takes out five at once yeah I mean, where he came from was he hiding in the raft was he hiding in the water where was I he no idea <laughs> but it's a great scene the way he yeah. sort of comes out with that shears and that's on the arrow um, thing as well it's such a great sort of moment and so he's got these bloody garden shears and he's just mm. attacking the kids and just i mean the, the, where she he slices that girl's head the art and the so visceral i really thought that makeup was spot on yeah like through the neck you although you could see their head being a little bit disjointed but i thought that was genius yeah, I the, last, the last bit of that scene you could tell that it was the mannequin underneath but um no until then it was great yeah, I mean yeah. that that draft scene was fucking fantastic. That that scene is a showstopper, definitely. I mean, unfortunately, I have seen that scene before in in a montage of clips, so I knew what was coming, and I knew the infamous like raft scene was coming up. But even seeing it, it's quite cool how they build up because they're they're getting closer to the the canoe and they're getting closer, and it's like you know this ain't gonna end fucking well. I know they comment. I know they commented on it later in terms of his hub scout training, but that raft was put up way too quickly, and the fucking paddles were fucking way too impressive. I just said yeah, no. <laughs> what they did. Yeah. It's just, that just that fucking threw me. I thought the scene with um, old Sally, Sally in the alley, um, in the sleeping bag, getting busy with the bully, Glacier, mm. um, and then like the. You didn't get me no lube. <laughs> sorry just have to say that um but like when he comes back and he's being stalked by old peeping tom in the woods and who's not hiding the fact that he's he's following quite close I yeah he's about three steps behind him <laughs> but um i don't know if his intentions was to peep on them again i don't oh, know yeah, but when he saw him earlier didn't he uh, arranging to uh, arranging their little fuck fest and the, he thought yeah i love a bit of that but he's, he's definitely just, a peeping tom that death was quite impressive do you the, think yeah. weinstein based his life around that one peeping tom 
Maybe that's him. <laughs> sorry. Carry on, sorry. sorry. Maybe. But yeah, like the, the, the again, the shears through the neck and like him being lifted off the ground, I thought that was fantastic. Classic Halloween style. Boom, yeah. Straight was... in the tree. It was really good. I mean, obviously, there's a little that thing in Exodus, Exodus Two, is it Exodus Three with the shears as well? That's free. Free. Yeah. So it's a it's a good weapon, good weapon choice. I thought, you know. I liked his death because I thought he was gonna. It was quite good the way it was done because there was a moment where I thought he was actually gonna fight back. Mm. So obviously the guy's strong and he was holding him off a bit, even with the shears through his neck. He was still like. Rrr. And then all of a sudden, his life just drained out of him. I thought was, oh, that was really well done because I thought, oh, is he going to get out and maybe hurt him or damage him well, somewhere? But... I thought Sally was giving it fighting back as well. She had, she was holding the back, the shears for a little while. Yeah. But the, the the other thing I quite like about this as well is that that um, normally they just kill fucking everyone, um, which was but they kept quite a lot of characters alive, which was interesting because normally it's just a whole pick off thing. One by one, isn't it? Um, but they kept quite a lot of people alive. Yeah, the numbers weren't as high as the like, sleepaway camp. Tiger with her bell and haircut, she she st- stayed alive. <laughs> happy about that. Can, you I, can I also talk about Todd? Todd the hero, Todd, but not Todd the, the hero, hero who's actually a knobhead. Total, right? Not I, even I, the fact. I think I know what you're going to say. Go on. <laughs> well, not even the fact that he was part of the original prank, which I thought was a decent little twist at the end, right? To be I just... honest, I, 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 I kind of like get. I, I kind of got that, and I'm, I'm really annoyed at myself for getting that. But not that's not what makes him a knob for me. It's the fact he sat around a campfire <laughs> and told the story. Yeah, yeah, and this, this, this was it actually him though telling the story? I don't think it was him actually. No, it was. He did. He did tell the story. Yeah, he told them the story to make them all scared. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, these kids went and did this, and you know, and he went around being a maniac. I tell you what, though, that's because of you, mate. (laughs) Yeah, I tell you what, I would like, and that's one of those masks they have when they scare the kids. That was awesome. That mask. (laughs) I wonder who buy that. I'd definitely buy that. But you're right. He not only did he was he part of the prank that sort of got this poor guy burnt. He then manipulates the story that you know again it's like it's some sort of he is fictitious at that point because that's not happening, but it is kind of happening. Yeah. But yeah, you were you're a fucking asshole. We were poking fun at what you did, but this poor bloke who's been burnt, even if he was a drunk caretaker, whatever. But then he becomes the hero. Yeah. And, all, and he's not saving... A, and the other thing, he's not saving... And this was interesting. He's not saving a damsel in distress. Yeah, that was good. He's, he's saving, the, he's saving he saves, a peeping Tom. He's saving a peeping Tom. I mean, I suppose you could argue... I mean, not that they really give this away, but you could argue that he's going to kill... He stays to kill this Cropsey so that Cropsey doesn't dob him in, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Prick. He's a bit of a prick. But, yeah. At the well, pin I'm sat there going, you were a knobhead. Is it a story of redemption? Is it like he's like, look, I did this shit thing. I made this happen. Now I've got to go and save this kid to, well, to, to make up for it. I would completely agree with that until he told the story around the campfire. And I was a bit like, hang <laughs> on. Maybe just tell that storyline after. Did he tell the story again? Was that him telling the story no, again? No, yeah. it wasn't. It no, was different, different. Yeah. This is where I was like, we'll get to the end in a minute, obviously. But this is where I was like, the, that whole campfire scene. I'm like, you could make 
like loads of other burning movies because you could do like a before this that Cropsey went after the other guys that were in the group and make prequels. How yeah, cool. it, had, it had sequel potential. I well, thought. I don't think after, obviously, because he's dead. And, you know, I know everybody brings everybody from the dead, but he is proper fucked. Or in a minute. Or the guys who did the prank are all still friends, and they go on a hunting trip. Hmm. And then the guy kills them all, but you don't find out why he's killing them until the end, and you realize yeah. that he did that or type of thing. That'd be cool. I'd love a like a burning kind of before the before the kind of the actual burning movie. That'd be fucking mental. That'd be it's really one, it's one of the only things that I sort of struggle with. Not going to happen now, though, is it? Miramax. No, I But I just thought the only thing that I really wanted out of the film a bit more was just explaining why the caretaker was was the target for the pranks. It sort of said that he was a bit evil and he was grumpy, but that's all it really said. Yeah, but again, that goes on the fact that sometimes it's just like no reason for it whatsoever. It just happens. I kind of... Yeah. And you don't always get a backstory, and I kind of like the fact that you got this backstory at the beginning of yeah. the because they, they, you know, they do that with a few a few slashes, and I kind of like that they did that. The skull that they put down was unreal. Totally. Yeah, that, that's I've seen this. See, I've seen Rick, loads Rick of pictures. Rick Wakeman. Of this, and I've all oh, sorry. What did you say, Paul? Rick Wakeman. Are you? Did you say the skull, Paul yeah. Stevens? Or did oh, you the say skull. skull? Yeah, the skull. Oh, the skull. Yeah, the the skull. Oh, I've seen him. him many different kind of pictures online and stuff like that and i thought it was from uh one of the friday 13th movies all right <laughs> uh, because obviously you see jason's mum's skull and stuff it looks a very very lot like that but i've seen this various this skull and loads of different kind of pictures on the internet and stuff like that i didn't even realize it was that yeah well, i could see a couple uh, maybe a maybe a certain company out there doing a couple of pin badges from the burning Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you know any. Do we know any? Some shears. Don't know, man. Somebody could do like the old crops with the shears. Yeah. That'd be quite cool one. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, should we should we should we skip to the end? Skip to the end. Isn't that another podcast. <laughs> Great podcast. Um, yeah, go on. So, how did you guys feel about the, the, the crescendo, the end scene? I'll go with my thing. I think he should have been doing... I mean, you know, the only... not dis- It wasn't a disappointment. It was like, I just thought, like, that era, and if we're fitting in with, like, the whole... With everything else, I don't understand why we were... Um, why we had a, the peeping Tom being rescued and not a damsel in distress again. It was a different... That's, that's a good thing, I think. Yeah. Why does it always have to be the damsel in distress? True, like, but most just... times let's do something different. Mm. That was the yeah, end. Only... Didn't he just have a, a bit of a soft spot, him all, spot for him all the way through the film, though? He's like defending him. and mm. Yeah. 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 He, he realised because he was such a dick when he was a kid that he needed to try and rescue this kid to stop him making the same mistakes or something. Again, a, re- a redemption story, man. Yeah. I didn't like, I thought, even though I liked the little twist where he found out he was one of the kids, I thought, you know where the, he's got the blow to the flamethrower on? Mm. And then it really goes like really intense music and slow motion and he's coming with the blowtorch. Then he gets to the end of the wall and just turns it off. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, didn't get, I was like, well, you're not going to use the blow flamethrower? <laughs> and he just disappears then. It was a bit like, it's almost like the cut of scene. Mm. Mm. I, I know what you mean. It was something it was like, like that. 
you know, this he's walking towards him with this flamethrower and he's suddenly realising that he's remembering his past and I thought, oh, this is cool. And then I thought, is something's going to happen? Then he just turns it off and goes away. And yeah. then it's him later and I was a bit like, oh, what just happened? I liked how he came back. They always come back for one last hurrah. I like that classic. It opened, yeah, it, up. Yeah. It, opened, it opened it left it open for a sequel i thought which we didn't get i thought yeah. well i thought i i you know look at friday the 13th it, he's it pretty got, fucking dead dude he's like, <laughs> he's like Matt, he's got, on an axe right. in the head friday and burnt Jay- crisp well, Jay- jason has been yeah i know but i don't right. think i they don't think gone it, down that way i don't think it should have a sequel i think it should have uh, films before it set before it uh, I think that would be cool because I just think why why bother doing any more? But they never. Yeah. Did, I don't think they didn't do a burning two, did they? No, yeah. not that I found. Uh-huh. Sleepaway Camp's got three, wasn't it? But yeah, but it's only one that's good. In my <laughs> so, yeah. London's burning. Oh, very good. <laughs> I re- yeah, really TV enjoyed, show. Really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I did as well. I really enjoyed it. You got, any, you got any Matt's facts for us? Of course I've got some Matt's facts. So apparently Tom Savini turned down Friday the 13th Part 2 to work on this. Did he work on Friday the 13th Part 1? Yes. I think, he, I think we talked about that last time. Definitely we? worked on others. Mm. Um, yeah, Rick Wakeman obviously did the soundtrack. <sighs> Great now, song. he had a Great choice. Score. Great score. score. Not yeah. score. I'm not a big fan of Rick Waitman to be honest but anyway um, he basically had an option to um, go with a one-off fee or take money from the royalties of the film if it does well but he took a one-off fee uh, which was very small apparently well I don't know how small Uh, but the movie actually ended up being one of the biggest grossing horror movies in Japan ever uh, and earn a fucking shitload of money, so you missed out on that. Never mind. <laughs> Why Japan? Um, huh? Why Japan? Why Japan? Why Japan? Yeah, don't know. Um, one of the it was one of the first movies to be put on the video nasties list because of the raft massacre scene. Okay. That's uh, pretty brutal. It is pretty brutal. It was. Re- it was really brutal. Uh, really. It was good, but it was really so, good. <laughs> it is a great fucking... That, that's, um, you know, kudos to uh, Tom Savini for that one. It's only going to get onto the video nasty list if it's got good makeup and... That's, top, you know. that's it, exactly. Uh, for a funny fact, most of the cast on there wearing their own clothes. They didn't actually have a wardrobe cast, like uh, uh, people to dress them or anything. They were all wearing their own kind of clothes. That sounds like the same uh, Matt's fact you read out for Sleepaway Camp as well. It probably like was the same. Most of the kids there were like actually staying in the camp or something. I don't know. Uh, this is quite funny. Uh, obviously, we t- spoke about Holly Hunter being in it, uh, but she's pretty much an extra, really not really not a big part in the movie. But in an, in an interview for Total Film Magazine, Holly Hunter had the following to say about her screen debut. She said, well, look, I got paid more than I ever could imagine on the burning. I was making over a thousand dollars a week, which was incredible. I could make I could make my rent. I didn't have to wait tables for a while. I got new friends and I was a kind I was a kind of glorified extra. But I got my screen actors guild card. 
So it was fantastic. So without this movie, we might not have had Holly Hunter, and she's a fucking class actor. So I thought that was a quite an interesting fact. Fair play. Tom Savini swings the axe at the end scene where Cropsey gets killed, which is cool, and it has a body count of 10. Good, that's good, my Max Max. Good body so, count. Healthy. 10. Right, what's the... <laughs> body count of 10? What are you rating it then, Matt? I rate this 8 out of 10. 8 breaths out of 10 for me, mate. I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm going to dive into those extras when I get a chance. Awesome. What about you, Paul? I'm going to give it a 7. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just... There was just a couple... Of, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it as much as other films like Halloween or um, Friday the 13th, so... Fair dues. I mean, I'm also I'm also going to go with an eight for for that one, Matt. Really, uh, really up there for me. Really good '80s slasher. Um, and I just love the fade to red and all that sort of stuff. Give me that all day. I don't know if we're running out of slashers that we haven't seen now. There's obviously got to be some more. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah. There's plenty. Right. So let's move on to our our new pick for next episode. I guess we're handing over to Geordie Paul. Right. Don't fuck me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think you'll like this one. Um, it's very obtainable as well. Is it the Langoliers? Well, when I thought it the Langoliers. It's the Langoliers, I'm out. No, it's. I I thought, when I first sort of thought about this, I thought, is it too recent? But then I realised it's 20 years old, so I thought, no, that can, that's, a, that's a good vault title. So I am going to get you to watch. Um, one of my favourite ever horror films, to be honest. I love it. It's great. So if you damn it, then you've got no taste. But uh, 2000s found footage film Wreck. Oh, yes. Oh, I've been to watch that again for a while. Same. Yeah. Same. That's a so really good. That's a, 20 years old. Which one? 20, came out in 2000, yeah. So, yeah, Matt, yeah. you have to. American one, yeah. You have to. No, I'm not talking about the wanky quarantine. <laughs> Don't watch that. Matt, watch Wreck. You have to watch the wedding one. I've seen the wedding one. I know. Wreck 4. Yeah. That's it. I'll watch Wreck and you watch, watch Wreck 4. Is it Wreck 3? Wreck 4 on a boat. <laughs> okay. Look, you can do on 4 if you want. I like the third one. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I've got... Yeah. One and two. I've got one and two, so I might watch both. Yeah, to be fair, you can probably do a little side note about two because I, I love two as well. I, like, I really like two because it explains yeah. a lot. It explains a lot, which is cool. Uh, it's been a long time since I've gone back to watching that movie as well, so that's quite cool. Yeah, I'm up for that. That is a, that is a bloody, bloody good pick. A bloody good pick. Bloody, bloody good. good pick. Well, hopefully it's better than Beach House. It's a poppy dazzler. That all. Right then. Uh, I guess that brings us towards our end of the show. Thank you for Geordie Paul for jumping on to uh, the show this evening. I hope you've had a good time. Thanks for having me, guys. As always, I've had a great time. It won't uh, be the last, don't you worry. <laughs> our next episode is going to be filled with uh, a new Shudder classic, future classic, <laughs> called Host, filmed all on Zoom. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Something to scream about, we're going to be discussing the upcoming Digital Fright Fest, uh, the list of movies and documentaries that will be on that one. And Geordie Paul has pulled a blinder from the vault. We're going to be watching the Spanish horror 
wreck. Really looking forward to that. Without further ado, when there's no more Ruben in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at Draw One Last, Instagram at Draw One Last Breath, or pop us an email at Draw One Last Breath pod at hotmail.com.